Hello and welcome back and welcome to the month of December. I am here with the man who hasn't found his pocket yet since he dropped it in middle school. How you doing, Trent? Doing good. Hopefully I found a little bit better mic quality this episode than last episode. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was first time. Yes, yeah, uh, if, you, if you guys didn't catch it, we recorded in person. Uh, it was a good episode, but, you know, we, we haven't done like an in-person audio recording. Uh, I, I probably goofed a few settings and, you know, oh, it's well. It was a good episode. I recommend <laughs> yeah. listening to it anyways. Yeah, but um, we got a, a good show for you guys today, Trent. What do we got? So we're uh, going to get all caught up on Invincible. Mm-hmm. We haven't watched the last couple episodes, so uh, or we did watch the last couple episodes since we last talked. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about what we're expecting to come up in the next half of the season, where things are going to go. Uh, then we're going to hop into some couple news headlines, and then uh, I think we're going to close off the show with uh, talking about some movies that are coming out in December. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit lighter show in terms of agenda, but trust me, there is a, there's a lot in here. So we're going to go ahead and just get straight to it with uh, some Invincible. Uh, we yeah. got episodes three and four to go over, uh, but the biggest thing is this is the mid-season finale, which feels like it came so quick, and yeah. I have so many questions But uh, about the episodes themselves. As usual, pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah, pretty pretty fucking good. Uh, lots of lots of story in both of these episodes. There's a lot of world building too, I think, and uh, I li- I like the places that we went in these two episodes. Yeah, I think a better like almost a better term would be universe building in the sense yeah. of they uh, really start getting into the more cosmic side of it. Um, episode three, I believe it is. Or, I'm not getting three and two mixed up. It starts with uh, with uh, Seth Rogen's alien character that I can't yeah. remember his first name. Alan the Alien. Alan the Alien. Uh, <laughs> and it almost looks like it's going to be a full like hour of Alan the Alien. The way yeah, they I thought it was going to be. It. Uh, and I was I was hyped for that. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, me too. But it it ends up being short lived. Uh, obviously, spoilers. If you haven't watched Invincible, please watch Invincible. This this time is more talking to the fans of Invincible about what we think's going on and how we feel about it. Less about reviewing, so I, yeah. I don't have any great critiques of Invincible right now. Uh, yeah. It's it's just so solid. But they absolutely... Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me let me redo that, because I had a really good segue. Uh, I could have said, yeah, it's so solid. Unlike Alan the Alien's brain as he got punched uh, and... Oh murdered uh brutal and and it's not how you expect he like so obviously if you've seen the episode there the viltrumites run up on him because he has one figured out that uh mark exists and he's also kind of getting suspicious of the council and Mm -hmm. how they seem to know what's going on they seem to be very just defensive um, and just overall not a great vibe. So he's like, there's something going on here, and there's this like wise guy who's like, oh, I'm really wise. And you trust him because he's so wise, and he says 
some wise things, but he ends up being the mole. He ends up telling Alan, hey, I need you to find the mole, and then he gets killed, or we think somehow he's still alive, just on life support. Yeah. And the that wise one just comes in and just like pulls the plug. Yeah. I mean, like we saw in the last episode, that one Viltrumite just holding a bat holding all of his his guts in his in his shirt while he's still fighting. Yeah. So anything's anything's possible, it feels like, with these with these Viltrumites and, and these other aliens. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was not in good shape. He had his eyeball popped no. out. No. Which is really unsettling. Uh, There was a really cool shot. You don't really get it in media because it's hard to do space shots of just like his whole body being like dismantled basically by these Viltrumites and just like the eeriness of seeing him just float in the air, just lifeless as they fly away. Uh, It was a crazy scene. It was really cool. I, I wish he got a bit more offense in, but I think that's, you know, the creator's really trying to show us uh, these uh, Viltrumites—they uh, mean business, and they are stupidly powerful. Yeah, and like everybody seemed to like Alan the Alien, so it was kind of like it, it kind of felt like he was gonna like since I hadn't read the comics, it really seemed like he was gonna he was gonna be like a side character for a while, and then just seeing him get brutally murdered really shows like how uh, just how brutal the Viltrumites are. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. That was something that surprised me. I thought maybe they would deviate from the comics a bit, just with how popular he was. And you have a voice like Seth Rogen, and you're like, you're yeah. not gonna, you're not gonna just kill him off. But they sure did. Uh, obviously, there's a, maybe there's an outside chance that he's still alive. But normally, pulling the life support plug is a, uh, you're out. There's no, yeah. there's no coming back from the life yeah, support. Yeah, it really plug seems pull. like he's he's pretty much gone. But we finally get some Omni-Man action. We get yep. to see him for the first time since the end of season one. And it's kind of in a, a ruse of uh, sending one of the ant guys down. He transforms into a uh, seance dog, which is like a Doctor Strange looking dog that is a yeah. fictional comic book in this universe. So yeah. like Mark sniffs Doctor it out. Strange. Wait, what? <laughs> What? Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I've been calling him. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, we can we can get with that. I like Seance Dog. I don't, yeah. It's kind of just Seance Dog, but it works. Anyways, yeah. uh, dude, they tell tell this lie about how there's asteroids hitting it, and you're the only person strong enough to save us in the entire galaxy. They go to the planet. He's like, "Oh, this seems kind of sus." And it was sus as Nolan is there. And I had this bit, like, not spoiled because I, like, was interested. Like, I I have the comics and I intentionally kind of stop reading at a certain point because I don't want to, like, have it entirely spoiled for me. But I did read up until the point where, like, I figured out what happened to Nolan. And... So I I knew it was coming, but the way they did it was really nice. I thought it was was a really good reveal, really super solid. And in the comics, I did not like he never redeemed himself to me, or at least his reasoning never felt good. I don't know if it's just if it's just that that good old J Jonah Jameson in him. But when he when he talks, I listen, and uh, Nolan has completely redeemed himself to me. I don't care. 
about the thousands of lives <laughs> that he killed. He's completely redeemed in my eyes. Uh, just because, like, at the end of the day, the easiest thing for him to do would be just to capitulate and just kind of go with what the Viltrums want. But there's something in him, something in him that's like, I just got to repopulate and uh, be a dad. He's just like, he's just dad by nature. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I totally agree that he's, he, that he's redeemed. There's certainly like an element of him when Mark says like, this is how you should have felt for the people on like on earth. Uh, like that, like that feel like it really kind of like made him put a new perspective on things. But I like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, when I say that, I'm obviously joking a little bit. Here, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but however, I, I think there is an argument that he gave his life for that planet and like yeah not great but he i will say on earth he saved more lives than he killed i'm guessing Do they we didn't show that, that. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't know that, that. i'm just guessing because he was there for 20 years and he's like fucking omni-man he also uh, killed the guardians of the globe which in they would have saved a lot more people than because uh, they didn't, or <laughs> they didn't save a lot of people that they could have because of Omni Man killing. Right, them. right. But have you seen his mustache? Like his his Hitler mustache. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> See, that's that's all, all I need is strong facial hair. Um, that's all I really need to redeem someone in my eyes. If if you have like a squirrely face uh, and you come back with some strong facial hair, like I'll listen to you. I think that's what a lot of politicians are missing t missing today. Uh, and I listen to Nolan as he goes on about how he cares about these ants and how he hates that he cares about these ants. Uh, there's yeah. a point where they're, he's trying to hide in a cave. They find him, and there's that ensuing fight where the dude's guts get ripped off and stuck into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets out, and he sees everything that he was once emperor of for a little bit they move fast uh sees it all destroyed and he just feels really conflicted because he doesn't want to care about these literal insects well i don't yeah. know if they're literal insects they're completely different life forms on a completely different planet like classifications you know whatever whatever but uh like these creatures that live a tenth of the time, a hundredth of the time, a thousandth of the time that he does, and he doesn't understand why he cares about them. And you get to hear that in his voice with a, yeah. with a great performance. And I'm just, I'm really excited to see what they do with Nolan's character. If you're talking about in-universe, probably not completely redeemed. However, I think he'll get there um, just based on the fact that there's no way Mark is going to be able to fight these Viltrums. Oh, yeah, I... I don't, yeah, I really wonder what's going to happen to Omni Man because he's just not in good shape at all right now. But they but, can't uh, kill him like that. Yeah, yeah. I certainly, I, I think, I don't know. Maybe Mark will go to. I don't know. He's got to. He's got to read the books first. We got to see what's in those books. Yeah, as <laughs> as Nolan's getting pulled away, he says, uh, "My books, Mark. My books." And I do got to say, I do understand. <laughs> uh, where uh, his mom's coming from 
with wanting to get rid of them. But it yeah. really isn't her choice without Mark there. Like, it kind of seems like she made the decision and that decision should have been to have the conversation with Mark. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm sure he would have been completely on board with it before this trip. So maybe she just didn't think. Uh, but it is, you know, a big decision. And, you know, his his books. My books, Mark. Yeah, you got to read my books, Mark. What, what do you think's <laughs> in those books? I th- maybe it's like some sort of autobiography of of him or maybe it's like his stories of like him conquering worlds or something or learning how to learning how to actually use like his powers that's that's what my first guess was so they they talk about it like they're published books yeah like they they're available for everybody so they i i have to assume there's some hidden subtext yeah that's what i'm thinking like maybe like, it's like a sci-fi story but it's actually just nolan's life or like he tells the story of how to destroy the Viltrums. Oh yeah. Maybe he's like he it, the secret to destroying the Viltrum Empire is in those all books the or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some something like that. Uh, I, I want. That. I do wonder if he, like during his time raising Mark, he kind of decided that he wanted to abandon Post because he took twenty years. It sounds like from the sounds of it from the other Viltrums like he wasn't supposed to take as long as he did now there is the aspect of it took Mark a minute to get his powers and all that stuff but I don't necessarily think he like spent 20 years just and just faked it I think it did like get to him a bit yeah and maybe something in those books kind of explains like just his thought process or something like that. I do yeah. hope that they don't, cause they show her putting the, the books um, on the street corner. I, I just hope they don't act like he can't get the books. <laughs> like yeah. that would be a pretty stupid scene of him. Just he's got to like, go to, he's got to like go to Barnes and Noble to try to find, to try to find every, <laughs> every yeah. issue of, of Omni man's books. <laughs> okay. That would be actually a banger scene. I take it back. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's let's do it. But uh, Adam Eve gets more play in these two episodes. And if there's any complaint I have about this break, uh, which I have plenty of them mainly, uh, I don't want to take a break. But if I have to take a break, my biggest complaint from a storytelling point of view is I don't know what's going on with Adam Eve. And I don't know what I'm looking forward to with Adam Eve. Yeah. She just kind of like, she's just kind of off doing her own like saving stuff like she like it always just shows her like saving saving a cat out of a tree metaphorically but like you know saving a saving a car or just like doing just doing random things and it doesn't maybe maybe it'll her her arc will make sense later but it seems like all of the it's all about death right and i don't understand where they're going with it but i mean both subplots we've been introduced to are Rexplode losing Multicate. And the reason being is he's the only one that understands me because he's the only one that has died as much as I have, uh, which is a interesting thing to bond over. I don't know how you even discuss such a thing. And, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, I, I've never died before, so I don't know. And uh, Eve... 
is dealing with the being responsible for other people's deaths. Like she is, she killed like that uh, single mother and her daughter uh, by building a park over a sinkhole, (laughs) which uh, I feel like you could say is her fault. I understand saying it's her fault, but if there's a fucking sinkhole there, there needs to be a sign up. Like there was no sign or anything. You can't just be like, "Oh, there's a reason the city hadn't built on it." Put a sign. There's a sinkhole. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she. It looks like she gets another couple killed by just being randomly like aggressive towards the 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 cannon arm guy, just like wanting to like fight him on this like really crowded bridge. She's like, "Oh, come yeah. on," which I thought was strange. Yeah. thing for her character to do but uh in both of those instances in those two like scenes they showed she was responsible for multiple deaths or i guess we don't know if that couple has died yet but i'm guessing and this is just what they're i feel like they're alluding to by her like saying oh mark where's mark i i texted mark but he hadn't got back to me um kind of seems and she seems to be distancing herself from her human friends almost in a way of like, oh, humans don't understand me or like non-superheroes uh, don't understand what it's like. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if this is going to be the catalyst for the Eve and Mark relationship because I don't know if they're just completely going away from that, but in the comics, Eve and Mark are like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I kind of... <laughs> came to the realization today or not today, but while watching it, that Amber, the character is like completely intentional. Like everything, like all of the backlash, all of the things that people hate about her are like completely intentional. Like it's just fabricated. Like she, yeah, they want people to hate her. That's her role in his growth almost like the things she says and like the way she does stuff. Yeah. And there's like a line during the graduation scene where she's like, Oh, I would never ask you to put lives over me or prioritize saving saving or being here over saving lives or something. Basically exactly direct directed at all of that criticism and she did do that so it's almost like she's there intentionally just like oh like as just a place to make people like make the fans almost evolve the storyline it it seems like like we know that or at least the comic fans are like oh when it when is are even Mark going to get together? It, Adam and and is, Adam Eve is the, is the end game. Yes, it is the end game. And how do we get there? Uh, I think they're doing it really, really well. Cause like Mark loves Amber. Like he says that he's like, he feels like love for her. He feels very strongly about her. And I think we're going to get a little bit of a, like, heartbreak where she breaks his heart and then there's like a scare is he gonna give up on humanity is he gonna just go and kill them all or something side yeah with the viltrums like while yeah. he's down there and his mission is to take over earth 
Uh, maybe something happens with her and he's like, maybe I should just take over. Earth. Maybe I should just help them. And then maybe that's when Eve comes in. She's like humanity. Yeah. Life. Society. We live in one. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see what ha- would happen. <laughs> what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll find out in. in oh, so we didn't talk like... any. We didn't talk about uh, Mark's brother. Oh, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> Mark just has a brother now. A brother that ages three times faster, something like that. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be ten times. But he's also purple. But he's purple and he's Viltrum. <laughs> uh, and he gets to pick his own name, so he doesn't have a name yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's just kind of there, uh, just kind of booling. I imagine it's they're going to do some fun stuff with it. Yeah. With the time. I think we're going to get a time jump when we come back. Like, it's not going to be just taking place right when, like, right at the moment that he leaves him on that planet. I think he's going to be on Earth and the kid's going to have grown up a little bit. You think he's going to take the kid back to Earth? I think he has to, right? Yeah, the kid's alive at the end of it. Yeah, the kid else is dead. Did the mom die? I don't think think so i think she's alive but maybe there'll be a scene of her like dying and then she's like yeah take him yeah uh, so i i can i can see that and they're gonna do something fun with him but we get another viltrum that ages faster than way faster than mark so yeah. he's basically like a six month old but he's like a newborn um so i I guess he'd probably be by the time he gets back to earth, he'd probably be like two or four years old. So it'll be fun seeing how that's animated. Yeah. From the Viltrumites perspective, they got to just be like, damn, Omni-Man really just trying to just get around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I'm telling you, dude's just obsessed with fathering. He's just like, I got to fought on this planet. What am I going (laughs) to do? Father something. That's (laughs) all I got. Uh, But that's that's where we get left off with Invincible, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll pick back up in January of 2026 for the next four episodes. So that'll be fun, yep. uh, and you know maybe we'll have the entire comic run done by the 2050s. You just gotta stay tuned and find out. Yeah, and they said that that the breaks between seasons aren't gonna be as long as the first the the first break. So that's good. And uh, I hope that, like, I hope that they work on the animation a little bit. I know that uh, um, the, the animation is fine, but I think that it's definitely got a lot of room to improve. For sure. I, I have a tough time with the animation, not because I dislike it or love it a ton, but it does look unique when yeah. I'm watching it. Like, I don't. Like even in that faux anime style that like you know Avatar popular popular popularized, yeah. um, it's not quite that. It's more janky, uh, but it also has these very grand shots. It, it's yeah. interesting, um, and I kind of love it. But I, I understand what you mean. I think, I think, animation and like AI as well is going to be big for animation, and it really comes down to where uh people fall in that like because in my head it's like okay if i if i'm hand drawing animation uh and i have five like 
like a frame five frames that I have and obviously five frames uh, is going to look like a pretty choppy animation but then if you could use AI to kind of smooth those frames between yeah between the frames like to me that makes like just logical sense like I already have the art that I want done I just want the smaller parts to just be done instantly and it kind of feels like we're on that revolution of hey animation might get cut in half not cut in half but like 25 percent like production time from that yeah uh but there's so many things with that and who knows yeah. if uh that's as easy as it sounds in my head so. yeah and they spend so goddamn much on the cast each season there's so so many people in in the cast that uh I feel like I feel like they could uh, they could they could put a little bit more money into the animation. Yeah, at least get it out quick if it's gonna look like that. That's the that's my thing. Is you can't make me wait two plus years or two whatever it was. Can't make yeah. me wait all that time and have the animation look kind of stilted. Um, it's a little bland, but like there's also shots that are some of the best that we've gotten in the whole series. So. Mm-hmm. Hot and cold, and I don't think it would be a so much of a bother if I just had enough content. Yeah. But, alas, not enough content, so we have to sit here and talk about it on a podcast. And Speaking of talking about it on a podcast, uh, you got some headlines to uh, go over. Yep. So, uh, last week we talked about Avengers 5. We talked about how they dropped the writer and the director. Mm-hmm. So Marvel, Marvel's looking for a new director, and there is uh, one one big name out there that people are saying. Who who's that? Sam Raimi, apparently. Which I really don't think that he's gonna he's gonna do an Avengers movie. I don't understand that. Uh, I guess Multiverse of Madness is one of the better movies of this phase, but I don't understand that. It's just, I don't understand either. It's just not his vibe, you know? Yeah, it, it's tough where we're at at this point. I don't know who... Like, there's one guy that I know could knock this out of the park, and he's he's a bit busy with DC right now. So it's, it's tough, because you have to develop so many characters in this movie. Yeah. And you have to make them likable. You have to somehow... I I don't know. Like Marvel has set them up so rough here. Yeah. Like, so along with that, we uh, we have apparently our new writer for the for the movie. It's uh, Michael Waldron who who did uh, Loki season one, not Loki season two. Uh, apparently, there was a writer who came in at the end of Loki and like rewrote part of season one and that wasn't him so very very curious decision on why they went with somebody who wrote the first season of loki that they had to rewrite <laughs> he well he also wrote multiverse of madness so maybe oh, that's, that's right that's right that's right so maybe that's the the sam raimi connection as yeah. well i don't know he's i didn't <laughs> love multiverse of madness i actually I think the, the writing mul- specifically was kind of all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Like if there's one thing about that movie is like the direct the directing's pretty good. Like yeah. the shots, it looks 
good. It's just like, if you show me a scene out of context and tell me why are they doing this? Yeah. What is happening? What is the, how did they get here and how do they leave? I could not tell you. Yeah. Or the, it, just things the, just the happen. Illuminati scene where just nobody's in the same room. Yeah. That one's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they thought to do that. If they can <laughs> like just get, especially if you're just going to kill them off. What's the point in these big, like these big actors, if you're just going to yeah. kill them off right there. Like, yeah. just get some bald guy and stick him in a wheelchair if you want to, like, just kill everyone. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, very curious decisions. Kind of makes me a little bit anxious about Ventures 5. Um, but we'll see who they who they get with the director. I don't know if the if there's really much truth behind this, uh, this Sam Raimi rumor. Which I'm, I'm sure that that's probably just a name that they're just like, who's who who made a movie for us before um, John Watts? Oh, he's probably busy doing Spider-Man four. What about Taika Waititi? Oh, everybody hates him now. People don't like Love and Thunder. Uh, how about James Gunn? Oh, he's doing DC. Uh, how about uh, Sam Raimi? <laughs> it's going to be so funny when people realize that uh, Taika Waititi is a good director. And like, yeah, like I understand. Did you Love see what he said good. this week? Uh, I guess I, it's not. It's not really. It's not really news. It's oh, is it that he? he I only did Thor. For a <laughs> yeah, it was so stupid. That's such a dumb headline. <laughs> yeah, like of course he did Thor for a for a paycheck. Most because directors do money. movies for paychecks. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, very dumb. What What did they expect him to say? Oh yeah, I was just so passionate about the Thor yeah. character. Thor was my favorite character. Thor. I I had a Thor <laughs> poster. In my dorm in college, I, like, like, come on, it's <laughs> Thor. It's, it's yeah. Thor three and four. <laughs> like, come yeah. on, you you had to, like, they were looking for anybody to do those movies, and I think that was one of their best gets was Taika Waititi. Now, I don't a hundred percent know what happened with Love and Thunder. I think they just did I think the that wrong was like a result story. of. The lo- I think that was filmed during like the lockdown and right. uh, it was in Australia. And I think that they, they said that they filmed like four hours worth of material for that. And so they were just kind of just cutting together. They were kind of just improvising and just cutting together stuff. It really seemed like. Yeah. And, it, and like the, it shot pretty well. Like for like Taika Waititi was never like an action director. Yeah, like that was never what you wanted Taika Waititi on a movie for, and he's kind of gotten pretty decent at that. Like, there's some really good shots. I think Eternity, the way Eternity looks, I don't know who's responsible for that, but it looks pretty cool at the end of that yeah. movie. That was one just of the, the scenes in the movie. The the writing of Love and Thunder, just the writing in general, and yeah. it, it's definitely upsetting. Uh, if they wanted to set a tone, and I know, I think it was Bob Iger came out and was like. We're really going to focus on quality over quantity <laughs> going forward. Like, just get, like, the biggest names. Like, I don't care if they have to completely retcon, like, six things in the MCU to make yeah. it what they want to make it. But, like, at what point do you realize you're going to spend $600, $700 million just in production of this movie alone and you can't yeah. afford a flop here? Yeah. Or another crazy concept, 
just do original ideas <laughs> like start a, start a new original franchise like uh like avatar was an original franchise back in 2009 and both of those movies made a billion dollars yeah <laughs> is is wish not an original franchise to you no it's not because have it's, you heard about the ending of that movie <laughs> what does fucking cinderella come in and wearing an eye patch putting together <laughs> no a one team? of the characters turns into cinderella and then one of the, like an, more of the characters turn into the dwarves and then another character turns into like uh what is it the the mirror from uh from cinderella so all <laughs> the characters just turn into like the the disney characters from the other movies <laughs> jesus at in the movie not like an after yeah no this is the uh, this is like at the end of, like the end of the movie like they all go their separate way and they all go into their different disney movies from the from oh the so 1900s. like hundreds wait they're saying like in canon like these are where these characters came from yeah <laughs> that's kind of un- <laughs> unreal but like why <laughs> And it's supposed to be like a celebration of a hundred years, but they're just like just telling the the backstory of all these characters that nobody needed a backstory for in a kids movie. Yeah, like <laughs> all right, all right, Disney, <laughs> yeah. go go crazy. Uh, they're they're definitely on one right now, and I think with just the way the industry is, they can't keep getting away with the shit they were getting away with yeah. uh so it'll be interesting i think disney is probably the most interesting like entertainment entity to watch um going forward and it's kind of um completely flipped on its head from you know five six years ago where they could do no wrong yeah everything everything was good <laughs> such a such a crazy period of time where i like it was looking forward to like the next like Marvel movie was such a thing. Yeah. Like you don't yes. know you're in the good old days until, until they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's three or four a year and yeah. that's all, that's all you got. Uh, that stretch of, it was like homecoming Ragnarok, right? Uh, Black Panther and then infinity war like that. That was just like something else, dude. <laughs> Disney's Linsanity run for sure. Like, yeah, like I don't know if those movies came out today, if I I would feel the same way about them just because like I feel like we're so much more cynical about like what media is and can be. But seeing like just like Spider-Man and, and I'm talking about this like it was 20 years ago, it was, it was 2016 or something. But yeah, it's just it it's crazy how much the world has changed just in that small period of time. Yeah. Especially we got? Yeah, public perception or yeah. perception. Uh so Netflix, this came out uh this came up like a couple a couple months ago, this headline, which kinda took took me off guard. Uh so it said Netflix has made a deal with Rockstar, the gaming company, okay. to uh add higher to had to add higher end games to their library. Now what does that mean? Uh, so apparently, on December fourteenth, there will be three playable GTA games on Netflix. Like the Netflix. Okay, so they're getting into cloud gaming. I guess so, but mm-hmm. I, I guess you're gonna have to play with a with a remote. <laughs> <laughs> like with my with my Roku remote. <laughs> yeah, with your Roku remote. 
So this uh, is just wild. So it's what what are we thinking? It's gonna it's probably just gonna be three San Andreas and uh, Vice uh, City. Those are the three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just the the classic GTA games that have been ported to everything <laughs> under the sun. Uh, I remember the like I had an iPhone three GS, and when uh, San Andreas came out on that, just grinding that and yeah. getting making no progress because you're playing on an iPhone 3GS that was like that big. Yeah. <laughs> uh but that I mean it's interesting. I just don't see the appeal of like some old ass games that yeah. uh, pretty much anybody that cares about them has played in a superior way than on the Netflix platform. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see how anybody's gonna like sit down and be like oh let's watch a let's watch a movie scrolling through netflix oh what's this gta 3 let's uh hit play oh this is a video game let's just let's just sit down and play it yeah what are they I'm really trying interested to do? To, yeah i'm really trying to, i'm interested to see like what the numbers are a month after that comes out see like like gta heads aren't clicking on that no, because the like <laughs> GTA heads have played San Andreas three and Vice City a million times. Any yeah. like any like person that's like, oh, I'm a big time gamer ha- can play those games. Has played those games. Uh, they don't. There's no interest in intrigue around those games anymore. So yeah. why are you trying to use them as your big? Like, you genu- genuinely would be better off. Uh, like, there's this. The, um, I'm in an office with a bunch of like 18 year olds, right? There's this game that it's just like Tetris, but with watermelons. Like, put that on there. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you're Candy Crush. Yeah, just put like casual games on there. Those might get grandma to like waste a few hours yeah. on her Netflix. I don't think grandma's going to just be playing a few missions of GTA <laughs> in between her episodes of Gilmore Girls. I just don't see that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was pretty wild. That was the last uh, news line I had for you. So I think okay. we're going to jump in now to uh, some movies that are releasing in December. Yeah, so uh, before that, I guess this is a movie releasing in December. I, I just wanted to talk about this one. There's a, it's a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a movie coming out. Um, it is made by the Daily Mail. DailyMail.com, Daily Daily Wire, sorry, not Daily Mail, <laughs> Daily Wire Plus, which is like this uh, conservative uh, news thing uh, that's all about free speech as long as it's within their guidelines. Uh, and the star is Jeremy Boring, like no joke, spelt B-O-R-E-I-N-G, Boring. And this is this is what his IMDb reads here. Uh, Jeremy Daniel Boring is an American director, screenwriter, and producer. Boring is the co-founder and co-CEO of Daily Wire Plus and is responsible for all content produced by the company, including the movie that uncancelled Gina Carano, Terror <laughs> on the Prairie. Oh, (laughs) and the most talked about documentary of 2022 quote what is a woman starring matt walsh now i'm in the doc the documentary space i'm 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 like maybe i'm not like in it but like i'm watching it and i don't think i saw anybody 
talking about <laughs> that documentary, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, he's not the only one in it. He's just directing, writing, and starring in it. Uh, but he's not the only one in it. Uh, there's also a uh, bunch of guys that have never acted. Ted Cruz is in it. Uh, Good job. Yeah, no, it, it's a banger. Uh, do do Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro makes a appearance. Uh, Jordan Peterson's there. I'm surprised they didn't get Gina Carano. I think this is a bit low for even for her. Uh, and I think this is it's supposed to be like dodgeball or bench warmers. Like if you read the I comments, gotcha. the comments is are the crazy thing. Uh, it's people just like hyped for this movie and maybe i'm wrong and this movie is gonna be a absolute hoot but judging by the trailer it's one joke and it's one joke said over and over and over again for what i what i assume is the entirety of the runtime uh and it it likes to you know advertise itself as the most triggering comedy of the year and I, I, I'm triggered by that, that, uh, that sentence there because I could care less what dumb joke about gender identity that you want to make in 2023. Like we're, yeah. it's 2023. Say whatever you want about gender identity. That's the great thing about it. Uh, but <laughs> I, what I, what I can't get behind is you acting like there's this massive outrage that you're making this movie when you guys have been making the same joke for 10 years like how many how many times has this joke been made and we're sitting here and i gotta say like i support it wholeheartedly if they're gonna be making these shitty jokes i want a shitty movie to go along with it and (laughs) (laughs) they're delivering on that uh, it comes out December first. I will be watching it. Uh, I will be doing a video on it. We'll have a, a little, little, little bit of content on it. Uh, not too much, uh, but I think this is going to be one of one of those movies that um, really is a cultural cultural point in time where we said, "Hey, you don't need to know anything about movies to make them. Everybody, anybody that's got money, make a movie." Let's do it. Yeah. And uh should be a fun one. I do not look forward to watching it, but I will. We'll suffer through it. Uh I hope it's merci- mercifully short. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be like less than 90 minutes. Uh I don't I I can't see a runtime, but like 75 I'm to... minutes. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 70 minutes. <laughs> would be ideal for me there. Uh, maybe yeah. even just it's 40 minutes and <laughs> we call it good. Uh, but yeah, it should be at least interesting from a, I just, just in, trying to get inside the minds of these people. Uh, some, they've added some tags uh, on the IMDB page of plot key points, which include women, women's sports, Trans, basketball, satire, male to female cross dressing, cross dressing, men in drag, played for laughs. 
it's 2023. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that, uh, that one will be an interesting one to uh, keep tabs on. It is unfortunately not eligible for this next game uh, because I think it's fair to say that if any critics actually watch this movie, uh, it'll probably be rated pretty low. But uh, I'm willing to bet they probably don't watch this movie. But we're going to be doing a, a bit of a game here. Uh, it's not really going to be a something that comes to you know, fruition right now, but as we go through the year, we'll get to see who's better at uh, predicting which movies are going to be good and which movies are going to be bad. So this is something I like to call rot or tot, and it is uh, based on the Rotten Tomatoes score of movies that have not come out yet. And how we're going to do this is a little bit of draft. It's going to be eight picks total. We're each going to get four draft picks, and we'll get two rots and two tots. Meaning we're going to go basically back and forth uh, saying which movie coming out in December is going to be good, which movie is going to be bad, and we're going to keep track of those and get you a little win-loss record uh, as we go further and further into this uh, little podcast adventure we got going on. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Trent, you are going to start off. You're going to get the first tot. Uh, so what do you got? So, I think I am going to go with. Should we predict, uh, like whether or not the, the audience score is going to be, higher or lower than the critic score, <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can, we can. Um, I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Ferrari. Cool, cool. So Adam Driver movie. Yeah. Um, coming out uh, at the end of the month, it looks like the twenty comes out on on Christmas. Yeah, we got um, di- directed by Adam Driver. Oh damn! I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like Adam Driver movies are very like hit or miss at the box office and critically. Like uh, I know that sixty five didn't do very well, but uh, what was the other Adam Driver movie? Was he in House of Gucci? No, Let's I don't think so. He's in another movie that I think no, did well. Apo- apologies on that. Uh, the the Screen Rant site that I was looking at uh, just listed the cast in the director column. Uh, it is actually directed by Michael Mann. So. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that that movie will uh, have a good critic score. No, no, no. A good audience score, maybe not a good, maybe not a good critic score. But you're taking it here, so that means yeah, like, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. it. So how this works is, if Ferrari is a you know certified fresh movie, we're gonna be coming back to this at the end of December. If it is certified fresh by then, then Trent is one and zero. If it is not, he's zero and one. Simple as that. I uh, just for. Uh, just transparency we are recording this uh, like on the last day of November basically and this episode's going out the first day of December Uh, at this point there are like a few movies that have already like come out and have a score Uh, that main one being the Godzilla minus one currently it's sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomato with like 30 reviews so good for them Uh, but that one's not eligible obviously because it's already out right now so chill uh and 
that comes to me then. I'm going to take what I thought you were going to take. Uh, it seems like a absolute miss. It's almost like it's the fantasy football draft all over again, Trent. Uh, number one, we're taking the Iron Claw. Like, uh, That's the number one tot of the year right there. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Zach, Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White. Jaw is going to be a good movie. Gonna be a we gotta get a uh, comp. We gotta get a compilation of it every time we've said uh, Jeremy Allen White. <laughs> uh, we'll let it go on uh, for a few more months. I think we're probably at the probably fiftieth mention on like six episodes. So we're we're yeah. we're pacing pretty well. Uh, and this, this is gonna eight. be. S- <laughs> oh dang! Wow, time flies. Uh, now we have. Uh, for this, we're going to be doing a snake draft, which means I'm going to pick twice in a row. Uh, so you pick the first tot, I'll pick the first rot kind of thing. Uh, and I'm going to be going with, uh, I mean, just got to gotta stay on brand with myself and take Aquaman, the, the Lost Kingdom, <laughs> as my rot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be going to be bad. <laughs> But uh, what, what do you want, got for your rot? I got um, Illumination's new movie, uh, Migration. Oh, so it's okay. An animated, an animated movie coming out. Yeah. Uh, this this season and or this year, this month. But uh, it does it does not do it for me. It's yeah, Illumination obviously has a kind of spotty track record, but. A lot of their stuff is, you know, better than you kind of assume. Yeah. Really all they have in terms of like critical acclaim uh is I guess like the despicable me movies depending on Super Mario. Yeah. 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 True. Uh yeah, I could see that. I think I I guess I got to see when Garfield comes out. I don't think that's till next year. Oh dang. Yeah, that would have been a, a solid one. Uh, okay, cool. So I will now we'll go ahead and just do because I was thinking about it. It doesn't really make sense to do uh, like full snake. So now I'll pick tot first here, okay. and then you'll pick your tot and rot, and then I'll pick my rot. Uh, so to recap, uh, my tot I went with is the A twenty four film, The Iron Claw, starring Jeremy Allen White, of course. And the uh, rot that I went with was Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, and Trent. Uh, I picked Ferrari as my tot, and I picked uh, Migration from Illumination as my rot, because I do not think that movie is going to be very good. Yeah. All right. So for my tot, I am a, for my second tot, I am going with a um, bit of a risk, but uh you know, you don't you don't rotten tot without, you know, rolling up the sleeves and just letting one fly every once in a while. So for my gotcha. tot, we're going with Wonka. Okay. It's going to do well. It is not the most anticipated movie. A lot of people pretty sour from the last Willy Wonka reboot. But this one, this one's going to be different. We're not making the same mistakes twice. Yeah, I... Uh... Well, it'll be interesting to see how it does, because uh, I feel like a lot of people like Timothy Chalamet 
a lot of people are attached to the Willy Wonka like IP mm-hmm. and uh, I like Paddington. So <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like it's got a recipe for for good box office numbers. I've only ever from that director, I've only ever seen Paddington one and two. So that's all I have to go off of. And those are two of the greatest movies that I've ever watched. What's what's his, what's his name? Yeah, Paul let's something? give yeah, let's give him an actual name drop here. Paul King. I was right. Paul. Paul. His name starts with Paul. Okay. So shout out Paul King for uh, Paddington 1 and Paddington 2. And if you haven't seen Paddington 1 and Paddington 2, uh, get on that. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you think it's a talking bear movie and you don't like movies like that. Just watch the movie. Just watch it. All right, Trent, give me your uh, tot. And then after that, you'll have uh, a rot. All right, so my tot is going to be. Hmm. So I got Ferrari, and uh, let's go with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a flyer on this one too, and I'm gonna do the uh, the rom com with uh, Sydney Sweeney and uh, and Glenn Powell called Anyone But You. So this movie, this movie had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of like press surrounding it because I believe it was Glenn Powell. He, he had like a girlfriend or something, uh, before they started filming this movie. And then he went and did this rom-com and was essentially like, like method acting, you know, like he was, he was like dating (laughs) Sydney Sweeney on, on the set and it became a, a huge like press thing. And people were wondering, like, is this is this like fabricated? Is this not? Uh, the first trailer dropped and it looked really bad, and then the second trailer came out and it looked looked fine. Uh, maybe maybe this is a movie that will uh, will surprisingly get uh, get get a, a good Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> I I can get with it. I think I that means we're we're done with our our tots here and. I'm I'm a bit surprised it, it could still be your rot. Um, neither one of us picked the color purple, which is uh, seems to be the most anticipated movie of the month in terms of just like what's gonna do well box office wise. Uh, it's like a remake of a book of an '80s movie, uh, big and Oprah Winfrey producer credit. It's a high anticipation for that movie i just didn't know enough about it to uh yeah. hitch my wagon to it and i'd rather hitch my wagon to wonka so that's that's why i didn't go with that one if you're curious yeah i was trying to go with movies that i i i knew more about i wasn't sure i wasn't too familiar with the color purple and i didn't want to i didn't want to speak badly about it when uh, i hadn't seen the trailer or hadn't seen anything about it so fair enough fair enough um uh, now you got a, a rot here. Where are you going? I think that Wonka will not do good. Oh. So we're going against you on that one. We got a little bit of a rot tot off, or uh, I'll figure out a, a word for it. But uh, this, this means there's going to be no undefeated after this. Uh, one of us is going to lose here, and this might be the tiebreaker. Uh, you're going with Wonka. It's gonna be rotten. Mm-hmm. That's probably the right choice with uh, with critics at this point. Uh, I could definitely see that. Why Why did you make that call there? 
don't know. I just I just got a hunch. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't know. I I've heard good early reviews, but I just don't know if it's gonna if the if the critics are gonna like it and if it's gonna if it's gonna. I know this isn't a box office game, but yeah, I don't know if it's if it's gonna do a whole lot at the box office. If it was a box office game, I'd I'd be screwed because I have no idea what's <laughs> going on with the box office yeah. right now. It is a yeah. confusing thing. I don't know what movies are going to succeed or not. We're definitely going through a transitionary period. I feel like I was on it like a couple of years ago. Like if a movie came out, I was like, oh, that movie's going to do good. Oh, that movie will do bad. Now I yeah. just have no idea. It's kind of just like the color purple apparently is supposed to be this big box office hit i hadn't even heard of it until i started looking into movies for today so uh that shows what realm i'm in uh but i'm on my last uh rot and you know i gotta i gotta just i gotta just keep the the hate train going uh and i'm gonna go with rebel moon part one a child of i forgot i totally forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) so uh my two my two um rots are off of the back of Zack Snyder, one much less involved than the other. Uh, but he does still have his fingerprints, at least, on that universe. Uh, but I'm sure that that movie's trying to distance itself. But uh, yeah. Rebel Moon, I don't really know anything about it. I probably won't watch it. It looks like a generic action sci-fi thing. Like, maybe the most generic action sci-fi thing to come out since Ender's Game. And that was yeah. based on a popular book. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly gonna be a movie that's <laughs> gonna come out. Uh, uh, Army of the Dead was was something else. Uh, Zack Snyder movies are always like uh, they're always like entertaining entertaining to watch because they're either yeah. like they're, they, uh, I mean like entertaining as in like they're just like they're bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but not there the are cut, not the yeah there are some that are just like like so a sloggish yeah, yeah like batman v superman really is just a slog from yeah. start to finish it's rough uh yeah. but i i get what you're saying with like man of steel is kind of like just interesting in a way yeah and 300 uh, you could say is kind of 300 kinda as well. entertaining he's i just don't think his style works with like sci-fi I don't yeah. think it works with superheroes. I think it works a lot better with like a 300 setting, like melee, you know, yeah. uh, just like tough dudes being tough dudes in a field fighting each other. It's just very Zack Snyder. I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I just don't think his world building is all that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially since this is like, this is his rejected star Wars pitch turned oh. into a movie. So he met with Lucasfilm back in like 2010 or something, and they were like, yeah. "They're like, yeah, this is just not a, this is just not a good idea." And then he took it, put it on the back burner, and then apparently when Netflix told him that he could do anything he wants, he was like, "You know what? Let me just dust off that old script that I have back in my closet." I love how every like financial report like you get about Netflix is, "Oh yeah, Netflix is just hemorrhaging money," and then you hear stuff <laughs> like that, and you're like, "What the fuck?" They're giving three, they're giving three hundred million dollars to Zack Snyder to make him build out this this universe that nobody wants. They're like so set on this being like like a big franchise for them. Yeah, like it seems if you're going to put this type of money in it, you're going to put part one in the title. Basically, I mean. I know they've they've already recorded like it's coming out like it's almost like a mini series. It's weird, 
Uh, yeah. But. <laughs> Not into it, but I guess we'll see. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'll get a, a big L next to my name for that one. Uh, I got, you know, I got the Iron Claw and Wonka on my side. And I got Ferrari and I got uh, the Sydney Sweeney movie called Anyone But You. <laughs> Anyone But You. The, yep. These rom-com titles are getting getting tough. They're just full sentences yeah. at this point. Uh, and then for my rots, I'm going with the the Snyder the Snyder cut of rots and the Rebel Moon and Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom. Uh, and I'm doing Migration and Wonka as my Wonka. Do I, was I, was I supposed to pick three? No, just just no, two okay. each. Uh, okay. I I wasn't sure if there was enough movies uh, that we would each have like three like strong opinions, and it feels like, like two's right. But if yeah. there's a a big slate coming up uh, any random month, we can kind of determine that from there. But uh, yeah. those are our picks for December. Make sure to check back next month to see our picks for January, as well as seeing how these ones turned out, as well as checking back weekly for each episode of the pod uh we're going to be releasing more like youtube style content uh, i'm sure you've seen the trailer reactions come up on the channel uh those are kind of just like some chill stuff that we're doing uh but we're going to do a bit more edited content uh hopefully with uh some you know video video essay type stuff we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get into it yeah but i want to thank everybody for watching we're coming up on uh, right about that time so Hope you have a great night, and we will see everyone next week, bright and early. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Thank you. Peace.